2: From Gimlet Media,
3: this is The Nod. A podcast about Black culture from Blackness's biggest fans. I'm Eric Eddings. And I'm Brittany Luce.
0: We're going to talk about love today. Oh, man. Love. <laughs> okay, so Eric, you know romantic comedies are my favorite genre. Yeah, I do A <laughs> movie. Yes. yes. I love seeing people fall in love. I love seeing people be in love. I love love. Montages. Mm-hmm. Montages are the lifeblood of the romantic comedy. The makeover montages. Okay. Yeah. The, the falling in love montages. You know what I'm saying? That's Where true. they're like laughing, eating hot dogs, walking down the street, and yes. like everything's
3: cute. Cupcakes.
0: Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. I just live for them. I love romantic comedies. But you know, it's not just me. It seems kind of like everybody is really into romantic comedies these days. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Destination Wedding with uh, Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves. Napoli Ever After Hell. with Sanaa Lathan. I know what I'm doing when I go home tonight. That's for sure. <laughs> drink some natural wine and watch Sanaa Lathan cut off her wig for a man. Oh, I man. can't wait.
3: You have such an exciting life, Brittany.
0: you probably going to do something of the same, so I don't know why you're looking at me goofy like that. <laughs> anyway, romantic comedies are having like a full-on moment. Like a mo. Meant, I think that we can all agree. That's true. And as that's been happening, there's been like a deeper examination of the role of the romantic male lead, okay. you know? And with one recent character, lots of rom-com lovers feel as if they've gotten the male lead that they've always wanted. Mm-hmm. Strangely enough, in a high school junior named Peter Kavinsky, yes. who is played by a 22-year-old actor, just want to clarify, when you look up Peter Kavinsky <laughs> on the internet, you'll see a lot of lust. I just want to clarify.
3: It's he's okay. not 16.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Peter Kavinsky is the male lead of the, I think you can say, mega hit yeah. Netflix teen romantic comedy to all the boys I loved before, mm-hmm. Eric. He's Dreamboat. He's a dreamboat. He's a handsome guy. Right. Peter Kaminsky's huge. Like, even if you know nothing about him or this film, a literally five second Google search will let you know that he has half of America completely bent the fuck out of shape. Okay. (laughs) The character of Peter Kaminsky is so considerate. He's so kind. He's cool enough to twirl you in the middle of the cafeteria and walk through the halls with his hand in your back pocket. You know what I'm saying? And he's also straightforward and unafraid to share his feelings and encourage you to do the same. You know, that's exactly the kind of guy that you want. You want. You know your friends to have. You know, uh-huh. so that's he's he's a he's a stand up guy. Yeah. In examining all of this Peter Kavinsky hysteria, mm-hmm. I had to ask myself. You know, I had to ask myself big questions, mm-hmm. like like, what's the big deal? You know what I mean? Like, why is everybody going so crazy for this guy?
3: I flirted with this question as well. <laughs> well, I said I asked myself. I didn't
0: ask you. Okay, but I mean, this is the thing. Like. There have been a lot of caring, romantic, genuine, upstanding male romantic leads throughout history. You know what I mean? Uh. Joe Fox from You Got Mail. Huh. He actually put his love interest bookstore out of business. Yeah. Kind of romantic to think how maybe she'd never have to work again in her life. Or Quincy <laughs> from Love and Basketball. He didn't even bother breaking up with his girlfriend, Monica. He saved her time. Yeah. And he just started dating a whole other girl in front of her face. Do you know what I'm I'm, saying? He's efficient. This is the the stuff of dreams. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Except it isn't. Except it isn't. It's not. Actually, men in romantic roles have been notoriously awful for decades. And, you know, I just want to keep all the man-daters out there. Okay. The people who are out there dating men. Why do I feel like you're mad at me? I'm not mad at you. I'm (laughs) not even pointing at you. I'm pointing off into the distance, okay? But I just gotta let the truth rip. (laughs) Okay, I just saying this is an injustice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, yes. and, and I need to speak on it.
3: Okay, we'll speak.
0: So I am <laughs> displeased, but I am morally obligated to present to you the three reasons why romantic male leads are not the men of our dreams, but our worst nightmares. One, two,
2: three. Three reasons.
0: <laughs> so, reason number one. I'm moving quick today. I I'm see. I'm going brisk. Okay, I see. I'm brisk. Um, they treat beautiful, accomplished women like tissues. Disposable. That's to Mm. say... Disposable. Let's go to one of your favorite films right now, Boomerang, okay? Boomerang
3: is a good movie. Okay. Really but good movie. is
0: Marcus a good man? The lead played by Eddie Murphy. We don't know, okay? So this movie, Boomerang, it's essentially about how Marcus, who is a high-powered ad executive, uh, played by Eddie Murphy, he's ping-ponging between these two super-hot, very accomplished women who, frankly, do not even need him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. So you have Jacqueline, who's played by Robin Givens. Yes. And Angela, who's played by Halle Berry. Yes. Okay? Like, the level of fineness <laughs> is present, clear, and present. It's very true. Okay? And then you have Marcus, who's basically playing the shit out of both of these women the whole movie. A little bit. There's this one scene, for instance, where Marcus returns after a clandestine night in with Jacqueline. So, he's been out all night, you know say doing wrong. And he comes back to Angela the next morning, trying to save face. How'd it go last night?
3: I'm okay.
2: Just okay? Must've gone pretty well. You didn't get home until the middle of the night. I went for a walk so I could sort some
3: things out that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that is the equivalent of the see what had happened was.
2: like the fact that you're still in love with Jacqueline, right?
3: Angela. I saw the woman, and a bunch of stuff that was in me I didn't even know was still there came out. Things happen, and there's certain things you just have no control over, all right?
2: Really? Like what? Like love. Mm. Love. You know, what do you know about love? What do you possibly think you know about love? You know, I'm sick and tired of men using love like it's some kind of disease you just catch. Love should have brought your ass home last night.
1: Didn't you just hear me say I was sorry?
2: I heard you say you're sorry. You're sorry, and you're tired. You don't love me, you don't love Jacqueline. You only love your damn self. How could you say I never cared about you? You Your Jacqueline says that I'm a better person now, and I know I owe that all to you.
0: Ooh! Got him. I'm out of here. And then he gets slapped. So you see how that ends. You know what I'm saying? The thing is, though, that's not actually how it ends in the film. No. No. Marcus (laughs) ends up with her. Yeah. He apologized. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I don't know that that makes it better. It doesn't quite. It doesn't quite. You know, he ends up with Halle Berry Mm -hmm. at the end of the film for little reason. Like, I just actually can't explain why it happens, but it does. And the other thing is, Marcus doesn't even really have any redeeming qualities outside of being good <laughs> at advertising. Um, so, you know, that just brings back my first reason. Male lead rom-com roles. They treat beautiful, accomplished women like tissues, which is to say, disposable. Reason number two, moving on. <laughs> okay. They expect unconditional support, but they don't provide that same support for their women, okay? Okay. So, Let's have a chit-chat about a little classic film from 2007 that I know I saw in theaters. It's a little film called um, Why Did I Get Married by oh, Tyler yeah. Perry. Yeah. It's one of my life partner's favorite sick day films. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> so in this particular scene from this movie, high-powered lawyer Diane, played mm-hmm. by Sharon Leal, she's arguing with her husband, Terry, who's played by uh, the multifaceted, multi-talented Tyler Perry. Yeah. Who's a dentist. So, Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. They're in the middle of an argument and and she fucked up. She forgot his birthday. And he had to spend it eating ice cream and cake at home with his very friendly and beautiful assistant, Pam. Of course, her name is Pam. That just sounds like, (laughs) don't she sound like a Pam? Just the kind of woman to be like your dental hygienist assistant at work. And then she like notices that your wife forgot your birthday. So she shows up with a homemade cake at your home like, happy birthday, Pam. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay, so the thing is, is all this happens, but then they get into this argument about how Diane has not been spending enough time with Terry at all. Mm-hmm. She has recently made partner at her law firm. She's making bank. She's busy. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of demands to meet, and they have a daughter on top of it. Mm-hmm. And also on top of that, he really wants her to have another child, even though she's not interested in it whatsoever. So that's where they're at in their relationship. You know, Terry's fed up. And Diane's just gotten home after missing his birthday, and they are both ready to fight.
2: Oh, what do you want me to do? I want you to do what I want you to do. How about the obvious? How about baking a cake for my birthday or spending some time with me? Or your daughter, okay? How
1: about doing what a wife does? Screwing me on a regular. Can you handle that?
2: You know what? I'm all for solutions, but maybe we could come up with something that doesn't involve me stepping back into the 50s. <sighs>
1: so selfish.
2: I am not selfish.
1: Uh, what the hell are you talking about? You're not selfish.
2: giant. you laid there and had your tubes tied and you didn't even tell me? You don't think that's selfish? Look, this is my body, okay? You don't have to carry a child. I do. You don't have to miss work. I do.
3: Yeah, that's a messy movie.
2: Yeah, it's a me- <laughs> it's a me-
0: it's a, mess, it's a messy, That's a messy, messy you know, situation, look, too. Look, I'll admit they're having conflict, yeah. you know, and they will have to, they'll have to figure out some sort of solution. But something tells me that guilting your wife about how much she has to work <laughs> and then also begging her to have a second child yeah. is not maybe the most mature way to go about marriage. Fair. <laughs> you know, it's almost like he wants to control her time and her body, which brings me again back to my second point. They expect unconditional support. But they don't provide the same support for their women.
3: Okay.
0: Number three, they have zero ability to process difficult emotions without self imploding. Let's go back to a classic, another classic. I mean, these have all been classics.
3: Yeah.
0: we to talk about a character named Lance from a film oh. called The Best Man. So Lance cheated on (laughs) his college girlfriend slash fiancé, now fiancé, Mia, lots of times throughout their relationship. And in this scene, Lance is playing cards with his best friends and future groomsmen, explaining why he's finally ready to tie the knot. It's so romantic.
3: I done had all the ass 10 men can have, okay? My wildos are so. Besides, how much ass can one man have anyway? A lot. <laughs> it's this time, man. It's this time. Marriage is sacred. My folks been together 35
1: years. It means something to me. I hear that.
0: Besides, marriage is going to curb that appetite for more women. My <laughs> man said, marriage is going to curb the appetite for more
3: women. The logic is not sound. <laughs> the
0: logic's not sound. The <laughs> logic's not sound. But the thing is, is that there's always a twist. So the, the twist is that, so spoiler alert, spoiler alert, best man. Lance finds out that his fiance, Mia, slept with an admittedly mutual friend of theirs, Harper, who's played by Tay Diggs.
3: Yeah, his best friend.
0: His best friend. While they were dating back in college. Now, that's a big transgression, right? Yeah. It's a big transgression. But when you think about it through the lens of their relationship,
3: you know. It's a drop in the bucket compared I, to all the shit he did.
0: Exactly. A drop that he feels will be totally curbed by suddenly getting married. I don't even think I've read on the whole type of internet uh, that marriage curbs your appetite for more pussy. i I've never heard this before. I mean the
3: rumor persists though. <laughs> the strangely <rumor> enough.
0: <laughs> well, this is the thing. So he is so perturbed by her behavior. Um obviously he's angry at Harper, but um he's so upset by Mia having been defiled, that when he finds this out at his bachelor party, like, he finds Harper and whoops Harper's ass. <laughs> like, he is beating the shit out of Tay Dix. Yeah. You know, punching that beautiful thing. He almost throws him off the He almost the roof.
3: Or he throws, not the roof, throws him off the balcony. balcony.
0: Yes, and then uh, there's a beautiful moment where he just looks... Around, it, like, his entire bachelor party, full of his friends who watch this all this shit go down and goes, the motherfucking Whoa, wait, wait, wedding off. is off. <laughs> like, like, let me break this down for a second. So instead of expressing himself, you know, mm-hmm. taking a moment to process his emotions mm-hmm. or even just, like, cry. Yeah. I can see how he, you know, would be upset about this. I could see him crying. <laughs> you know, Lance just blows up. He threatens to kill his best friend after he beats his ass. <laughs> and then he calls off his wedding. So, like, okay, I can understand anger. I can understand Lance being angry. But, like, murderous rage over your partner doing what you've been doing to them for, like, roughly a decade? (laughs) Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't add up to me. He does end up displaying some, quote, unquote, I guess, emotional maturity by deciding to go through with their wedding in the end. Happy ending,
3: I guess. (laughs) I mean <laughs> this is I don't have much to say.
0: There you go. And that's it and that those are my three reasons why romantic male leads are not the men of our dreams but our worst nightmare.
3: Yeah, I mean <clears throat> that's I mean that's fair. That is fair.
0: <sighs> the thing is though, Eric, I'm going to I'm going to just interrupt you for a second. Sure, please. <laughs> I know that you're confused right now, and you're possibly on the verge of an emotional tailspin.
3: No, I think I'm doing okay.
0: I know I know. I just gave you a refresher on the men are trash argument, and yes. I wasn't wrong. Um, so now you've really gotten an idea of just truly how bad the state of affairs is and how low our expectations are for romantic male leads. Like, you, f- you finally, I think, understand how a young man like Peter Kavinsky could come to dominate.
3: By this logic, yes, great. I understand. Yes.
0: <laughs> great, 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 great. Okay. So now that that's out of the way, mm-hmm. we can finally get to what we really came here to talk about.
3: Please tell me. <laughs> Please tell me.
0: Okay, so you know, you know, I told you, I love Peter Kavinsky just as much as the next red blooded living human being with a pulse. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like clearly. any other living person, right? <laughs> but I'm also of the belief that a sensitive, mature, kind, and romantic male lead like Peter Kaminsky is actually not at all new. Okay. We've been here before.
3: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. In fact, there's been a guy just like that hiding in plain sight. Is this just the fourth under, reason? What under, is this? <laughs> oh, no, get ready. Just <laughs> under our noses for decades. Okay, we've just been looking to the wrong medium. Okay, He's a character from a little TV show called... Living Single. And his name... <laughs> and his name is Overton Wakefield
3: Jones. I will say of all of the mental lists that I put together, Overton was not on it. <laughs> I did not... He, he would have been like 50 on a 10-person list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, for those of you who have somehow listened to our show, are alive, and have never seen Living Single... It is a sitcom about six black 20-somethings, four women and two men, who share their lives and loves in a Brooklyn brownstone. A A trio of women share one of the apartments, receiving frequent visits from a fourth pal, Maxine Shaw. Meanwhile, two men who've been friends for years share an apartment one floor up from the girls. But from my heart... What I can tell you is that Living Single is just one of the most perfect television shows of all time. It is. Facts. We all know the characters. Khadijah, played by Queen Latifah, Max, Regine, Mm -hmm. Kyle, and of course, the two lovebirds, Overton and Sinclair. Overton is a handyman in the apartment building. Mm -hmm. He's a kind-hearted boy from the country. Yeah, He's also low-key fine, actually, if you go back and really watch the episodes. John Henton was a bad bitch. (laughs) Okay. Sinclair is an administrative assistant and aspiring actress, and she's a total sweetheart, but she has her quirks. Yeah. But Overton loves those quirks. Mm -hmm. And I know the back and forth between Kyle and Max got a lot of screen time drama, but going back and watching reruns as an adult, I see Sinclair and Overton's relationship as a true bastion Mm -hmm. of healthy Black love. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're really here today. Okay. For me to present to you the three reasons why.
3: Is this like Inception? Inception. <laughs>
0: inception. I told you we we're going to talk about black love I'm today. dizzy. You should be. You should be. That's how it feels to fall in love. Okay. Okay. So I am here to present to you today the three reasons why Overton Wakefield Jones is actually the man of all of
3: our dreams. Well you got me, I'm not gonna lie, I'm ready to hear this. Let's let's do it.
0: Are we gonna do it? (laughs) We are definitely gonna do it after the
3: break.
2: All right, Eric,
0: we're back.
3: We are back. But are you ready? I'm always ready. Born ready.
0: Okay, okay. So I am going to present to you... One, two, three. Three reasons. The three reasons why Overton Wakefield Jones is the man of all of our dreams. Uh-huh. But before I do this, I just I want <laughs> you to tell me. What did you think of Overton when you watched Living Single as a kid?
3: Overton was corny, like you know what I'm saying. Like growing <laughs> yeah. up, Overton was corny. He was like corny and like they caught, like they kind of acted like he was simple, you know. Like he was country. He was but country. I love a country man. I'm, I mean, you know, I come from the country, so I I, I found Overton very familiar. Mm. You know,
0: not necessarily aspirational.
3: Yeah, he seemed like a a grown up cousin of mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
0: I understand exactly what you mean when you say that. Okay, so not exactly like your Harlequin novel cover guy.
3: No, no, no. He's not. He's not, not Fabio. Not Stefan.
0: Okay, okay. So Eric, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you some things today that are gonna complicate your notions of Overton. Okay, I'm gonna prove to you that Overton is actually exactly the type of strapping. Ardent lover that we all deserve,
3: even you. Okay, I'm locked in. Let's do it. <clears throat> okay. Clearing <laughs> my throat. Okay.
0: Reason number one. Wow. He treats his woman like a person to be cherished and adored, not like an object to be acquired and used. Okay. So. I'm going to show you a little clip from an episode. At, at this point, we're early in the series. and Overton has realized that he has a real deep crush on Sinclair, but he's been too nervous to mm-hmm. like get close to her and just really go in and ask her out, out on a date until the handsome veterinarian from around the corner Asks Sinclair to dinner. So Overton realizes that if he wants Sinclair, he's got to make his intentions known. Mm -hmm. So, you know, true over-the-top sitcom fashion. He actually intercepts her date with the veterinarian at a fancy French restaurant so he can have his first date with Sinclair. Literally, the the vet's sitting at the table. (laughs) Overton calls his beeper from, like, Mm -hmm. the restaurant phone. So the vet has to leave, and Overton can step in. Okay, that's a little creepy. Intercepting it yeah, is a little yeah. creepy. But, you know, it's like a sitcom gag. We're going to roll with it. Okay. But the thing is, when Overton sits down at the table across from Sinclair for the first time to really open himself up, I think that's really when things get interesting.
1: Uh, you mind if I sit down? Oh,
0: please.
1: All right, look. I know I'm not no big-time doctor, and I know I'm not the most handsome man in the world. Not true. And— I know I'm not rich. Yeah? Just going over things I know.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: But there's one thing I do know. I'd really be honored to have dinner with you tonight.
2: Oh, well, so
0: would I. <laughs> See how beautiful that was? How simple?
3: <laughs> it was really nice. <laughs> Dreamboat. Dreamboat.
0: Look, he's open and honest with his desires and intentions. There's like a humility in the way that he approaches her. Like, he's kind of self-deprecating, doesn't approach her like an asshole. Like, he approaches her like she's someone to be honored and cherished. Unlike, say, Marcus from Boomerang.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Overton was paving a different way underneath our noses.
0: Look, I'm glad that we can all look at Overton with fresh eyes now as adults and see the sensitive, caring, grown man that he was. Huh? So, to review, reason number one, he treats his woman like a person to be cherished and adored, not like an object to be acquired and used. <laughs> okay. Reason number two, why Overton is the man of all of our dreams. <laughs> He unconditionally supports what Sinclair decides to do with her life and her body. He knows that she is an independent woman. So let's take this one episode from season two. Mm -hmm. Sinclair has been offered a part in a play. Yeah. And after months of acting lessons and retaking headshots, she's excited to finally take her acting career to the next level. So I'm going to show you the scene right quick where she tells Overton about her part.
1: So what part do you play, my little mahogany?
2: (laughs) Woman with shopping bag. Sounds good. <laughs> hey. But you know, it's going to take a lot of rehearsal. It could eke into our snuggle time.
1: You don't have to use our relationship as an excuse not to pursue your dream. I find plenty of time to practice the oboe. It doesn't interfere.
2: <laughs> I didn't know you played the oboe Obie. <laughs> I
1: didn't know you had hair shots.
3: I <laughs> 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 was... It was really sweet. He was just really open. He could tell that she wanted to do this. And, you know, even though he seemed somewhat surprised, he was like, yeah, I want you to do it, too. Exactly. And that's wonderful.
0: But, of course, there's twist. So, the part calls for full frontal nudity. And Sinclair has to decide whether or not she should take the part. She, of course, consults Overton. And
1: he initially, he's not thrilled. Hell no! (laughs) No! I want your special gifts on display for every Tom, Dicker, Raheem.
2: <laughs> OB, I'm not totally comfortable with it either, but isn't this part of the commitment I've made to my craft?
1: Well, hey, I'm a craftsman too, but you don't see me using my ratchet in the raw, do you?
2: All <laughs> <laughs> right, if you really don't want me to do it.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no, I'm a man of the 90s. I'm much too savvy to fall into that trap. <laughs> See, if I say no, you'll resent me for the rest of your life. If I say yep, then you catch a cold and it's still my fault. <laughs> oh, no, girlie, this decision is yours.
2: You're not going to help me with this, are you?
1: Oh, sure I will. I'll be behind you no matter what you do. Now, if you'll excuse me... I'm about to go down to my workshop and make a sign that says, upon entering the theater, please leave all photographic equipment with the handyman.
0: <laughs> okay, so Overton's not pleased. But he ultimately decides to show up and support Sinclair at her
1: big debut. Oh, there's my little theater, mouse.
2: Oh, Obie, I wasn't sure you'd come.
1: Oh, I wasn't sure either, but... I figured since you were gonna to be topless, might need a little extra support. <laughs> Thank
2: you. They're beautiful
1: For flowers. Yep, you can either put them in a vase or wear them. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much your choice.
0: He said, ultimately, it's your choice whether or not she wants to take the part, whether mm-hmm. or not she wants to appear nude, whether or not she wants to cover her body with flowers. <laughs> ultimately, everything came down to being Sinclair's choice.
3: Yeah. I think if you are someone's partner, you have to partner with them, and part of that is letting them, you know, letting people choose their own path. It's two lives that come together, mm. you know? But it's, it's two lives.
0: But it's two lives. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, I think the thing that I enjoy is that throughout the episode, Sinclair's thoughts wavers, she goes back and forth. She talks to the director. She tries to figure out what she's going to do. But, like, Overton actually never wants waivers on, you know, the big thing is that, like, the nudity is her decision, and yeah. he doesn't want like, their relationships to interrupt her dreams. And he sticks by that with his words and also with his actions. Mm-hmm. So to remind you, reason number two why Overton Wakefield-Jones <laughs> is the man of all of our dreams, he unconditionally supports what Sinclair decides to do with her life and her body. He knows that she is an independent woman. As he said, he's a man of the 90s. He is a
3: man of the 90s. He's a man of the 90s. The rest of the men in the 90s didn't quite get the...
0: <laughs> the no, message. they didn't quite they didn't quite get the message. So, are you ready for the last reason?
3: I'm ready for the last reason.
0: All right, so reason number 3. 3 He is an emotionally aware adult who knows how to be vulnerable. And there is actually one episode that I think just perfectly encapsulates that. Mm-hmm. The name of the episode is The Last
3: Temptation. Okay.
0: But we'll get to why that is in a second. In this episode, it is Overton and Sinclair's one-year anniversary of dating. And they have been going on a lot of dates, spending a lot of time together. And Overton, you know, he wants to do it up big. Limo, Mm -hmm. fancy French restaurant. He just wants to go all out. He's a man in love. But, as I said before, with any sitcom episode... Yeah,
3: there's some conflict. There's
0: some conflict, right? Sinclair is studying with a friend from her psychology class who happens to be played by Shamar Moore. (laughs) <laughs> for those of you who do not know, who were not actually sentient and around in the 90s, Shamar Moore was actually the definition of fine.
3: My mama was obsessed with Shamar Moore. Whose mom wasn't? It was weird. Whose
0: mom wasn't? <laughs> are you kidding me? No. Young and the Restless? Yeah. Are you kidding me? He was just fine. Like, mm-hmm. he just had that square jaw. He had the chiseled body. The thing is, though, is that Shamar has a huge crush on Sinclair. And while they're studying for this test, he kisses her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know how you know, they used to do. Woo, woo,
2: you know, the audience is
0: going crazy. Oh,
2: my God. Um, what is uh, I have a boyfriend. Oh, hey, I didn't know. I know, so now you gotta go.
0: And she's riddled with guilt. And later, while Overton and Sinclair at their fancy French restaurant dinner, she completely breaks down while they exchange gifts.
1: Um, look, I know it's no gift in the world that will equal what you've already given me, but. Please accept this as a symbol of my love.
2: Aww. Oh, Obie!
1: Now, now.
2: I'm a slut! <laughs> what are you
1: talking about, why are you talking so loudly?
2: I kissed another man. When did this happen, when I went to the restroom? <laughs> No, last night, I was studying with John Mark and he kissed me. I didn't expect it. It just happened.
1: I'll kill him. No,
2: no, no, he didn't know I had a boyfriend. It was totally innocent.
1: Did you uh, kiss him back?
2: No. (laughs) You know, kissing is such a strange thing, really.
1: (laughs) So this whole beautifully planned evening has been one big lie.
0: So. Overton is heartbroken, yeah. he storms out of the restaurant. And then Sinclair just runs, and she's calling after him. She follows him out. And then they go back to the apartment,
1: mm-hmm. and they just talk.
2: Overton, please believe me. He was only here to help me get a passing grade.
1: And I suppose your lips were going for extra credit. <laughs> the
2: whole thing only lasted five seconds.
1: Five seconds? You know how long that is in lip time? <laughs> Let's take a look, shall we? And go. Kissing. 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 Still kissing. Kissing. I guess right about then you realized you had a devoted boyfriend, huh?
2: That's just me.
1: Sorry if I offended your delicate sensibilities, Miss Diamond Dan Sinclair. But I'm the victim here. What you did, that hurt, girl.
2: Overton, I am so sorry. Maybe my lips were touching his, but my heart is always with you. Look, if I didn't really love you, I wouldn't have told you. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I want to believe that, but things were really right between us. This never would have happened.
2: Well, if there is something wrong, I say we sit here, review our relationship, and try to figure where the problem got started.
1: Okay. 18 months ago, saw a moving van roll up, saw you in the front seat, said, that must be Khadija's cousin. She's kind of cute.
2: And then I saw you, and I said, oh, the handyman lives in the building. How convenient. <laughs>
1: and then that first ray of hope, your toaster broke.
2: Did, didn't it?
0: The thing I liked about this scene is, like, he could have, like, totally freaked out. Her classmate, is Shamar (laughs) Moore, kissed her the night before their anniversary. You know what I'm saying? He got the fanciest French restaurant in town on a handyman's salary. Mm -hmm. But instead of, like, completely freaking out and just, like, being like, everything is over, blah, 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 starting a fight or something like that, Mm -hmm. he decided instead to just, like, stay, sit down, and figure it out. Obviously, they're having conflict, but— Something that I've learned at therapy <laughs> okay. is that, like, sometimes you can de-escalate a situation by actually just saying how you feel. Mm-hmm. And he says he's angry. He does call her Diamond Dance Sinclair, <laughs> which I think for him is, like, maybe possibly the worst thing that you can call a woman. Yeah. But he says, what you did, it hurt me. He de-escalated their entire argument by just being honest about the way that he felt instead of continuing to be angry and possibly becoming violent or you know completely blowing up their entire relationship over something that ultimately was kind of like a small not fun but small misunderstanding yeah so to recap these are the three reasons why Overton Wakefield Jones is actually the man of all of our dreams number one He treats his woman like a person to be cherished and adored, and not like an object to be acquired and then used. Number two, he unconditionally supports what Sinclair decides to do with her life and her body. He knows that she is an independent woman. And number three, he is an emotionally aware adult who knows how to be vulnerable.
3: Wow, well, I'm tired. <laughs> but no, I mean, Overton, Overton is the man. I, it, that That is a hard thing to argue with.
0: I have to give you that. Thank you. I mean, I'll have to take it. I was going to take it anyway. <laughs> well, God bless Overton. Hopefully, I want everybody out there to find whatever Overton you're looking for if that's what you're looking for you might be looking to just hang by yourself and you could be your own Overton (sighs) and to all the Overton's of the world thank you and to Overton Wakefield Jones thank you for lighting the way and showing (laughs) and showing these men specifically I'll say men specifically people but men specifically that there are other ways to be paving the way for depictions of sensitive open vulnerable beautiful black masculinity and healthy black love that's true so you know Peter Kavinsky <laughs> we love you but you learn from the best Over to Wakefield Jones we salute you today and every day The Knot is produced by me Brittany Luce with Eric Eddings and Kate Parkinson Morgan our senior producer is Sada Abdurrahman we are edited by Emmanuel Berry and Jorge Just engineering by Cedric Wilson our theme music is by Khalid B additional music in the show by Cedric Wilson and me
3: They tried to play both him and Sinclair a little bit like they were simple. Mm -hmm. But, like, they were the most regular of the whole bunch. Mm -hmm. Like, they were just kind of how you should be. Yeah. I say that as a Kyle.
0: I was just about to say, (laughs) I say that as a regime. Yeah. Actually, you know, you say you're a Kyle. I think you're a Khadijah. Khadijah is in charge. I know you want to be in charge. A little bossy. Yes, Khadijah's bossy. Khadijah's agitated.
3: Oh, Oh, sure. I mean, particular. (laughs) But— (laughs) Sure, whatever you want to call it.
0: You know, I mean, I'm just saying there's some parallels. There's parallels. (laughs)